unrealistic expectations for minorities. Trans kids are not too young. 25 reasons to hate America on the 4th of July. And why race must be injected into everything. Are these sentiments that we express on the show? No, but they are expressed on an Instagram account by the name of Impact that has 2.1 million followers. We're going to do a deep dive into this Instagram account, respond to some of the most popular posts on it, and give you our hot take. Let's get into it. Right, guys. So there are a lot of these major, you know, left-leaning accounts on Instagram. Today we're going over one called Impact. If you take just a quick scroll through here, you can see a lot of interesting stuff. Trans kids are not too young. The rules of body hair, which I'm assuming they're going to say there are none. No reason to wait for gender-affirming care. President Biden tests positive for COVID. Billie Eilish asked people to vote. Let's go through some of this stuff. I did find actually a few that I might even uh, agree with, uh, but we'll talk about that on today's episode. Post number one. Billie Eilish encourages fans to vote in midterm elections through a free concert contest swipe for info on how you can enter hot take i don't know if this is a hot take not everybody needs to vote and we certainly do not need to do free concert ticket contests to encourage people to vote if you are somebody who cares about our elections is educated on the process of how they work is educated on on the different candidates who sit before you and what they have to offer and what you feel like is best for your community and you want to take on the civic duty of voting take on the civic duty of voting but this idea that everybody needs to vote and we need to have all these celebrities who encourage young people to do it and all this stuff bs bunk it's horrible (laughs) it's like i i go to uh target around election time i don't go to target anymore because of some shady stuff that they've been involved in but i used to go to target All the time. And around election time, they start printing these T-shirts that say, like, everybody needs to vote. And I imagine that's a sentiment shared by uh, singers like Billie Eilish, Olivia Rodrigo, you know, these young pop stars who are encouraging people to get involved, young people specifically, to get involved in politics. And no, not everybody needs to vote. And certainly giving people free concert tickets in order to encourage them to vote is not the right incentive structure the incentive structure should be do you care about your community and how it's going to be changed by your elected officials and do you care about the process of electing officials and do you care about who your public servants are and if you do then you go and vote like i'm seeing all this stuff of olivia rodrigo travels to the white house to encourage people to get vaccinated or she does the same where she talks about the overturning of roe versus wade at her at her concert halsey has done the same billy eilish is encouraging people to vote and has talked talked politics on on numerous occasions There's no need for that. And there's certainly no need to exploit the influence that young celebrities have to get other young people to engage in politics. Yeah, the act of pulling a lever on Election Day and voting itself is just the tip of the iceberg of what it means to have a civic duty and to take Mm -hmm. that responsibility seriously. And so you never hear these celebrities uh, encouraging people to be educated on economics or the history Mm -hmm. of of the policies that have been made or whether policies that they support, uh, what are the statistical outcomes associated with them? You never get into any of the actual substance of how lives would be affected. It's just go vote, go vote, go vote, 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 based on all of this emotional outrage that we're generating. I'm... uh, 
I was thinking as you're talking, I know you like, it may not be a perfect metaphor, but mm-hmm. as you're talking, I was thinking about uh, your criticism of Elon Musk and mm-hmm. uh, like voting without researching the issues and taking the rest of your civic duty responsibly is like conceiving children and not sticking around to raise them yes. and, and then becoming a good parent. <laughs> There's more to being a citizen than just pulling the lever on election day. And I don't think people understand that. Yeah, dude, just as a side note, uh, as a tangent, now that you mentioned Elon Musk, <laughs> the worst, the worst to tweet out, you know, the world's going to be underpopulated. We need to start working. We need to start populating the earth. And then to go have children with just multiple women all over the place. I think it came out that he just had twins with some lady that were like kept under wraps uh, or some some other woman he had kids with that they just kept a secret. And now he has these other kids. Yes, man. Have a family that you stick with and that you raise your children, not just go get all these other women pregnant, Elon. Anyways, moving on. (laughs) Here's this next one. Why do you have to make everything about race? We ask. They say that's because it's almost always about race. Many issues are a direct result of centuries of racism and discrimination. Let's hear more about this because this is a carousel. Everything is about race because it is ingrained in the foundations of our systems and institutions. How often have we heard that, ladies and gentlemen? Name me a system or institution now that currently has a structure based in it that is racist. Do, 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 do. Uh, you're going to have trouble because legally everybody's equal in this country. Uh, so you can find individual instances of people, I guess, using racist practices or racist ideology to make decisions. However, on a systemic level, as in baked into our systems and institutions, I would love an example of that. Let's read some of the things they put down here. The Moral Act, the Homestead Act and the Pacific Railway Act all deprived indigenous communities of wealth and equality. The federal government took indigenous land through forced treaties and genocide giving the land to states for colleges environment revolutionary leaders exaggerated and fully fabricated stories of black and indian revolts and massacres past tense past tense past tense where are we at now ladies and gentlemen why are you making everything about race now is the question not what happened in the past that was racist in america we understand all that and in fact have, have done quite a bit to repair. Although if you ask me, there's quite a bit of work that needs to be done with the with the natives here in the United States and uh, not that that's on on us to to do, but I would love to see some work go into what's happening on some of these reservations here in America. But let's talk about now, ladies and gentlemen, and this is not in reference to now. It's always in the past tense. And I say this all the time on the show, you're probably tired of hearing me say this, but so many people who complain about racism, you go, "Well, what are you talking about? What's happening right now that you're talking about?" They have nothing. They'll bring up police and that's easily debunked. And they'll bring up the criminal justice system easily debunked. But anyways, there's more on this carousel, so let's keep moving. Everything is about race because the color of someone's skin could mean dying in police custody after being pulled over for a routine traffic violation. What did I say? They'll bring up police. I have a whole long video and ex- extensive video on police brutality that debunks all of this. I'm not going to go through all of the facts and figures, but let's talk about something that's mentioned right here. Everything is about race because someone's skin color could mean dying in police custody after being pulled over for a routine traffic violation. 
Police officers do not know what your what your skin color is when they pull you over for a traffic violation. Unless the police officer pulled up to your car, looked over through your passenger window to see what color you were, and then backed up, got behind you, and pulled you over, they do not know what color you are when they pull you over. Uh, now, as far as statistics go with police brutality in the in the death of Black Americans. The numbers don't add up for any sort of bias or discrimination in policing here in America, especially when you look at the criminality rate among young black males, which is so often the demographic that we're talking about when we reference police brutality. Now, does police brutality happen? Yes. But guess what? It happens to people of all races. And until we start to admit that and talk about that, we're not going to make any strides in fixing the problem. We're not going to make any strides in in altering the training that police officers get in, in cities and states where this is happening. So... This does not need to be about race. Next. Everything is about race because the wealth of this country was built around slavery. Certainly not all the wealth of this country was built around slavery. And that's totally an acknowledgement that needs to be made. I don't think there's anybody who fails to acknowledge slavery. Now, let's talk about today. (laughs) Today, are there white individuals who benefited from their ancestors owning slaves? Absolutely. Are there black individuals who are probably set back because their ancestors were slaves? Absolutely. But is that all black people or all white people? No. So we can X out the talks about about white privilege or black underprivilege. These things we can talk about. But what happens beyond that conversation, beyond that acknowledgement? Some might say reparations, which is a discussion that maybe we should make a whole video about. And I am open to talking about because there have been instances of countries levying out reparations. We gave reparations to the Japanese who we put in internment camps. So there have certainly been times where reparations have taken place and have worked. But just throwing money at what was a past transgression in the modern age solve any problems? Does it help the black community in any way, shape or form? These are questions we must answer and we must figure out logistically before we move into conversations about reparations. And we will dive into that in a whole video. So, yeah, much of the wealth in this country was built with with slavery in its foundation, but not all of the wealth. In fact, you have a a pretty hard time tracking that back to decide what what percentage uh, is attributed to to slavery itself. And again, with that being acknowledged, which I don't think there is a, a a person in America who doesn't acknowledge that unless they live under a rock or just are choosing to be blatantly ignorant. What do we do moving forward is the question. And a lot of these uh, reparative and restorative ideas that the progressive left tends to have for moving forward are not helpful at all. And in fact, re uh, just replace us in an era of racism but wait there's more everything is about race because there is a racial wage gap does a gap mean racism does a disparity among two races mean racism it does not now could racism be a sliver of the pie Absolutely. But how big is that sliver? And when we're looking at the racial wage gap, there's a lot of questions we have to ask ourselves. Are there cultural differences among these races? Are there uh, parental differences among these races which can attribute to culture? Are there educational differences among these races? And what is the root cause of those inequalities? Uh, A great way to look at this is to look at 
black individuals who are native born to America and black individuals who are immigrants or born to immigrant parents. Look at the rate of success in the immigrant families versus the native born black Americans. The rates of success are almost incomparable with how high uh, immigrants are performing. Black immigrants are performing in the United States of America. And it's not just like that with uh, the wage gap. Not only do they have a massive gap in wages, they have a massive gap in education, they have a massive gap in two-parent households, and they have a, a massive gap in police interactions and police interactions that go awry. So is that because of racism? Because a black immigrant from Nigeria looks the same as a person who was born here in the United States. Mm, any questions? Any answers? <laughs> uh, anyways, so I have, an, I have a feeling that this entire carousel is just going to, yep, attribute redlining, interstate highways, gentrification. Okay, there's more about race. No period in U.S. history when race has not been significant in some profound way. Only because you're making it significant now. Let's keep scrolling through. Racism isn't just hatred or prejudice displayed towards other races. It also makes up the political and economic structures that are meant to disenfranchise communities of color. Exactly what they stated before. And here's their sourcing, of course, uh, the Atlantic, Harvard, inequality.org. I wonder if they have some sort of incentive to, uh, to convince you of that. And higher education, the Jesuit post. Never heard of the Jesuit post. But... I, I could have honestly made a whole video just going through this entire thread and debunking all of these ideas, but this is the problem. We, we look at things and we look at disparities and we immediately attribute them to racism. And so often it is not racism or racism is just a small sliver of the experience. You said you saw a, a poll from what, 1997, you said? Yeah, I actually pulled it up because it's so relevant to what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, this is... And someone tweeted a clip from uh, the Associated Press in 1997. It says nearly nearly nine out of 10 black teenagers said racism has little impact on their day to day lives, according to a Time CNN poll released Sunday. And then it says asked about racism in their own lives. Eighty nine percent of black teenagers said ra racism was a small problem or not a problem at all. See, so. What what accounts like this do is, and just this this narrative in general that's pushed in the mainstream media and in Hollywood, is to increase the perception of racism mm -hmm. and attach that to America and fosters a sense of anti-Americanism. And it's just, it's not productive and it's not helpful to getting to the facts of the matter, contextualizing anything in history. And it has the, the net effect of harming the communities that it intends to uh, reduce harm in. And by um, creating movements like defund the police and uh, you, we just did another video about affirmative action and, and the unintended consequences that can have on a psyche and on the outcomes as well. So right. uh, it's it's all of this accounts like this. They dress it, all this up in this. We're we're trying to help. We're trying to give voice to the marginalized and the oppressed. But it really they're they're counterproductive and they're, they hold us back in more ways that they drive us forward. A hundred percent. Like I. I it just blows my mind that all of these ideas are able to persist and in the same form every time like they don't alter they don't shift like there's no there's no change for when new information comes out or for when something gets debunked it is just stuck to uh, through weathers every storm which is just so wild to me that you can make a video and go well that's wrong that's wrong that's wrong that's wrong that's wrong and here's why uh and then another infographic on another two million person followed Instagram goes up the next day saying the exact same thing. You have to constantly be on your toes with this stuff. I almost like 
as much as I continue to read leftist stuff and writings and, and uh, infographics and all this stuff, it's, you really don't have to at this point. It's the same thing over and over and over again. And just to hone in on that point, here's, here's uh, uh, another post. Trans kids are not too young. Yes, they are. <laughs> Except, yes, they absolutely are. And if you take any time to read into this, uh, you will find that they are. And look, the, the number one comment on this, or the first comment, Claudia Conway. Ugh. I don't know who that is. Claudia Conway. She's, uh, what's her face? Uh, the, the Fox News, I think her name is Laura Conway? She, Claudia Kellyanne, Conway, Kellyanne Conway, Kellyanne Conway. Uh, daughter. Yeah. So, yeah. so I made a, a, a video about race or whatever and claudia conway responded on TikTok, and i wish i had saved it because we could have made a video about it now but it was a long mm. time ago and it was before i think i started even working at prager U. and i had a video blow up and claudia conway made a video about like how i was wrong or whatever and it was completely off base is it still up on her page we I, find it, it might still be up on her page all, all, all you sleuths watching go yeah, dig it up yeah. for us and we'll react to it <laughs> look for claudia conway reacting to me but yeah kellyanne conway's daughter and she was like posting all the drama between her and her family and was like posting recordings that. that she took yeah very uncomfortable very uncomfortable very uncomfy but yeah i i know her because of the responses she made to uh my my videos but yeah trans kids are too young and all the evidence shows it. 70% of them change their minds. A lot of them uh, attempt suicide, and it's not because of cultural acceptance. It's because of the treatment and other uh, psychiatric problems that they have. And you can read about this. We've done full videos about this and talked extensively about this subject alone. This is a great place to plug your specials, by the way. We've done a couple of specials, and the yes. first one was on racism, race and policing, yep. and the second one was on uh, gender transitioning for children. Um, and so... If you, uh, well, there's plenty of debunking that Amal has done on these topics. If you just go watch those, and they're very dense and very well sourced. Exactly, too dense for me to go into right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's another one: 25 reasons not to celebrate America on the Fourth of July, and they oh, go no. through and create these little infographics. And of course, much of it is surrounding what do we say? Historically, historical transgressions of a country. Go find a country that has committed no aggressions, please. Please go find one and live there. I beg of you. I beg of you, but guess what? You're gonna have nowhere to live unless you like discover a new piece of land or a new island. And even that will probably be inhabited by uh, creatures or people who have done something wrong. So if that's your metric, this country did something wrong or this country in this war did this, good luck, ladies and gentlemen, because you're not going to find somewhere. And they go through things like Mass shootings, slavery, of course, which we've already talked about, the way the indigenous people have been treated, COVID-19, a pandemic unleashed on us by another country and somehow we're at fault for the response, <laughs> even though, you know, I have plenty of issues with the response that America takes. So you can go through these 25 if you'd like to read them all. Uh, the overturning of Roe versus Wade, talking about how expensive insulin is. The three-fifths compromise. The three-fifths compromise, which is long effing gone in this country. Again. We have a five-minute video about that, by the way, that debunks the narrative around that, too, by Carol Swain. So yeah. check that out. By Carol Swain. Go check it out. Yeah, so much of this is either, okay, it's a historical thing that America has done wrong, or it's a current gripe that I have with America. And I just don't understand how you can think so black and white about your country, a country that is so large, geographically, ethnically, population-wise, diverse, uh, that you see one thing wrong and go, I hate this country, or this is a reason not to celebrate the country that I live in. The fact that you can even make this infographic, post it from your iPhone onto Instagram is because you live in this country. 
go to a, a Middle Eastern country, make an infographic about 25 reasons why you hate the government, and then post it on the internet and see what happens. <laughs> see what happens. See how long it takes you to get shot and killed in your apartment or like hung out on the street for what you've just done. And then get back to me on that. Although you wouldn't be able to get back to me on that. Because you live in America, you are able to do these things. And there are so many, there are lots of problems that I have with this country. And I can point out so many things that are happening right now in this country that I disagree with and think need to be fixed. But does that make me have a hatred for my country? No, because I recognize that America and the system and structure that we've set it up with is the only country capable of solving the problems that we that we recognize and see, at least solving them to the fullest extent. And it's the only country built on a, a set of ideas like we have. It's what other people in other countries long to be and long to have in order to to uh, harness the, the power that the ideas expressed in America truly have. So I could make an infographic and say 25 gripes that I have with America right now in this day and age, and I could post it on the internet or whatever. That doesn't mean I don't celebrate the country that I live in. It doesn't mean that I am not so filled with gratitude to live here. Yeah, it's just very ungrateful lacks any historical perspective any mm -hmm. global perspective and uh you know if not for america's intervention in world war ii for example you would might be a nazi right now right. You, you might be speaking chinese or russian mm -hmm. um and living in a totalitarian regime nothing wrong with speaking a different language yeah yeah, yeah. let's clarify that but living under a totalitarianism um if not for the america standing for for freedom in in the world and you might never even know accurate history in the first place so it's just uh, extremely ungrateful and it's so easy to take pot shots at at uh the mistakes or the stains on a country's um existence and no one is saying it's like there's this false binary out there that either you hold up america as this sinless spotless archetype of everything perfect that's ever been um or uh you're, it's this oppressive, horrible place that needs to be brought down, and the the truth is in the middle. It's right. uh, the no country in world history has done more for the cause of freedom and liberty um, than the United States, and uh, it's it's not it's created better outcomes for more people, lifted more people out of poverty, and it's mm -hmm. the ideas that it's built on. We haven't always lived up lived up to them. We fought a war and spilled a lot of blood to get rid of some of our sins um, right. of our slavery. Uh, and it's not perfect. And but the, I think a big question to ask these people is like, compared to what? Yeah. Compared to what? Uh, and the answer is my uh, utopian ideal. Idea. Exactly. Exactly. It's the the figment in my imagination of what I view that a country could be. And to those people, imagine yourself in in power for a little bit, which I'm sure a lot of people do. Everything you do is going to be right, right? It's not going to harm anybody. It's not going to step on anybody's toes. Nobody's going to die because of the decisions that you make. And you'd be wrong. You'd be wrong about that. And, you know, something that is truly profound about our country's founding and, and the men who contributed to its founding, they had so much humility. Like, they looked at their position in, in creating and building this country and it scared themselves how powerful they were. And nowadays, everybody thinks if I was in power, I'd be able to do so good. And I, I have the moral standing of, of, a, of a moral giant and nothing I'll ever do is wrong. Nobody's going to look back on this period in time and criticize us for what we're doing now. Are you kidding? In 200 years from now, 
just like we're doing looking back at the 1800s and the slavery and all this stuff, guess what? There's going to be a generation 200 years from now looking down on us and going, you guys are so disgusting. Look what you guys did. Look at the amount of sex slavery that was happening all over the United States. Look at what you guys did to the environment. Look at all these different things. And you're going to get the same judgment that you are casting on people now without giving them their, the, the, the due process of historical context. Right. And it's just ridiculous. Like the this type of sentiment in these posts, like like it, it's so easy. It costs you nothing to like like them, share them, say stuff that castigates America. And it grants you this moral superiority that you really did not earn. Because if you the truth is, if you were alive during the era of slavery and your family happened to own slaves mm -hmm. in that time and you were just born into that family, guess what? You'd grow up okay with it too. Exactly. It's ditto for if you happen to be a kid in Nazi Germany that was put into the Hitler youth, um, right. guess what? You are no different. And so we're all vulnerable to this. And it's a human thing. Yep. And we, it, it's on us to learn what uh, what is inside of us, the evil within us, uh, the, the potential for that, um, that we have to fight against. And then what is the bulwark against that? And with that is what we have to discover, lean into, and enshrine. And yep. in a lot of ways, America was built around the ideas that are bulwarks against tyranny, bulwarks against the evil within. And uh, that I think you, you're much much better off uh, uh, building a civilization based on a skepticism of yourself than this mm -hmm. than this uh, uh, overconfidence in your moral superiority that it's like, oh, if I were in charge, I would have been right. the abolitionist. I would have been the, the person who died rather than participate in Nazism. It's like mm -hmm. you have no ground on which to say that. And it just lacks complete uh, humility before history. And it's not to say that that any of that is OK and, and it doesn't justify anything, any of these atrocities that have been committed in yep. history. Um, but it's approaching them with the humility that, hey, given a, a different set of circumstances, I as a human being and fallible to the, the the own things and that's what this whole ideology um, and this whole posture that you get with with this type of thinking um, just it completely bypasses that and you just lets you take this moral superiority that you did not earn right right I got into a conversation just to go further on that little little tangent I got in a conversation with a family member and my family were saying oh well you need to go watch this documentary it's about this man who did all these horrible things and he's such a terrible person he's the worst and I'm glad he's no longer with us and all these things and I said okay uh, well, what does the documentary talk about? She's like, well, it just goes through all the atrocities that he committed in his adulthood and this and that. And he hurt this person and hurt this person. I was like, okay, but why? Why did he do it? She said, well, it doesn't matter why. Well, it, it kind of does matter. It kind of does matter why. What were his parents like? What was his upbringing like? Why did he feel the need to do this to other people? Oh, it, well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He's an evil person and blah, blah, blah. And that, this is so often what people on both sides do. Doesn't matter why they're evil, they're horrible. I don't care. They're doing all these horrible things. I don't care what happens to them. But you should. You know, the the biggest question we should be asking ourselves when we we meet villains uh, and and horrible people throughout our our history and is why. Why did these things happen? Yep. How did it occur? What happened to this person to create and. The reason people aren't interested in asking why or how is because they don't feel like it could ever be them. And it absolutely could have been you. In any case, in, in, the, in the brave abolitionist, it could have been you. In the lowly slave owner, it could have also been you. So this idea that we don't want to understand people who we oppose is just ridiculous. And in saying that, uh, let me scroll through this impact and show you things that I actually agree with this is a sexual abuse story that we are going to go over and i'm going to make a whole separate video about it because i've been reading about it recently and it's insane this 
I'll, I'll go through it. Whatever. I agree with that. Uh, endangered species. That's something to look into. Body hair. I don't really care if you have body hair or whatever you want to do with it. Sure. Fine. You can do that. By all means, wear a crop top. And it doesn't matter really what size you are. Wear whatever you want to wear. Do I agree with injecting race into everything and that nobody should have to wait for gender-affirming health care? Don't agree with that whatsoever. Should we look into the fact that celebrities use their private jets for flights as short as three minutes to just jet set all over the place and then tell you about your carbon emissions. Absolutely. Setting healthy boundaries. These are all great things, but mixed in with these great things on on this Instagram account is just super radical ideology that is only going to move on to harm people. But that's why I don't want this video to be like, oh, I'm just looking down, looking down, looking down on. There are certainly good things sprinkled in here that probably issues, uh, that which we could find agreements on if we actually sat and talked about him, but we're not we're not doing that, are we? No. But, anyways, guys, let me know your thoughts down below. What was the most interesting post that we reacted to as I was scrolling through? Do you see any posts on this uh, platform that you tend to agree with or that maybe want to spark a conversation uh, with other people about? Drop that down in the comments below. And keep an eye on these. I always like to keep an eye on people who tend to disagree with me. I look at their Instagram pages. I follow a lot of these things just to keep on my keep on my feet when it comes to the new conversations we're having on any given day about our, our culture, our society, and our politics. So let me know. And if you if you follow any that you'd like to recommend to me and send my way, drop that in the comments down below as well. On that note, please like, subscribe, click the notification bell to be notified every single time we post a new video. And if you'd like to listen to the podcast, go to Google Play, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review so that everybody knows you love the show and that we know you love the show. Thank you guys so much for watching, watching, for watching and listening to us ramble on and on. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs>